here's a message from Ken Lavica. No shocker, baseball presents the most confusing rule I've ever, ever, ever heard. Christian Cat hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. If I were to give you guys 15 guesses about what sport presented the most confusing out-of-nowhere rule that's existed forever, but I had no clue and you had no clue, I promise you, you'd need one guess. One guess. That's right. Baseball. When in doubt, baseball is here to confuse the all-living hell out of you. Ken Levick alive on a Thursday here on ESPN 106.3. Free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. And at John Levine Action and Attorney Studios downtown West Palm Beach is where the audible assassin Christian Cat lives today running this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. We're on a field trip. We is me. We is Stone Labanowitz Friday Night Lights Radio Life Partner. We is the Dominic Queen, Jeanette Javier. And holy hell, wait until I tell you about the last 24 hours that Jeanette and I had. But that will come later in the show. But I promise you, you're going to want to hear it because what we experienced yesterday in Broward County, our own personal water world, is one of the truly incredible things that uh, that we have both singularly experienced. Uh, and so we are here field tripping at the South Florida Fairgrounds at the legendary Barrett Jackson Car Auction. 20 years in Palm Beach this week, Barrett Jackson. The first auction was in 2003 here in Palm Beach County. It's today through Saturday. We've had all this rain. We've had all this nonsense. We were discussing it yesterday, Stone, how it felt like it was a three-day tropical storm. Well, at least for now, sun's out. It's comfortable. It's good. Get out here. Yeah, if I were to ask for a certain look at a, a car feel. right now, a yeah. feel, we have it. It's right, right here. It's, it's the sun. It's the Florida spring, typical 80 degrees. It's good. It's normal. It's not blowing rain like we've had for the last three days. I'm not saying that's not going to continue later, but what I'm saying is right now on this Thursday, it's good. Now, tonight runs until 6 o'clock. Each day runs until 6 o'clock. The gates open at 8, so if you can't get out here today, make sure you get out here bright and early tomorrow or Saturday. 600 collector cars, trucks, SUVs crossing the auction block. 600 vehicles on display actually driving into the South Florida Fairgrounds. I heard those Corvettes and those Mustangs revving up let's go now Jeanette you have an ulterior motive here Mm -hmm. you are you're obviously here to do Mm -hmm. the show but what did you Mm -hmm. say before before this show started what was one of the big reasons why you came out here to do the show with us today zaddy hunting grounds (laughs) (laughs) this Uh, is where it's at ladies this is where it's at so so Jeanette is hunting for car zaddies so be ready and uh, put your best foot forward to Jeanette here at the South Florida Fairgrounds because 
She might just be looking your direction. Oh, hello. Oh, my God. Hola. Uh, so so I, I want to start with, before we get into to the most absurd rule I've ever heard in sports, period. Thanks, Major League Baseball. Uh, last night, we found out the Heat opponent in the game tomorrow that, Stone, we don't really care about. We talked about the Heat yesterday. Dismal performance, just awful, just embarrassing in their play-in. So it almost feels like it's going to be better if the Heat lose tomorrow, right, to the Bulls who come back from down 19 and beat the Raptors last night in Toronto. Yeah, it's tough saying that out loud. It sucks because it, it, it violates every sense I have as a Heat fan, but I just want it to end. Because if you rewind the clock to last year, we're gearing up as the one seed. We're making sure our matchup and everybody's healthy, the bracket, where it is. And this year, we don't even want to be in the conversation. Uh, you know how that feels, Jeanette, as a Magic fan. <laughs> <laughs> just wanting things to end. Absolutely. And, but luckily for me, it did. Put it out of the its Orlando misery. Magic. A season ended. Thank you. Let's move forward. Last night, if you watched that Bulls-Raptors game on ESPN, every time the Raptors went to the free throw line, you may have heard a blood-curdling, almost murder-like scream over the television broadcast that was picked up every <laughs> single time that the Raptors went to the free throw line. That was courtesy of DeMar DeRozan of the Bulls, his nine-year-old daughter, D.R., DeRozan. This is ESPN romanticizing the screaming of DR DeRozan last night. That is the daughter of Damar DeRozan. And here's the voice you're hearing when Raptors shoot. She's screaming. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> It's the thought that counts, trying to help daddy out. So, so, oh my goodness. So that is, um, that is really annoying. Um, so annoying that we have a compilation. Let's hear the DR DeRozan screaming compilation from last night on ESPN. If he steps the wrong way or something, <laughs> visit to Florida State. Ask me, what did you Patrick said I was down for whatever Coach Hamlet. We had to hear it last night, so you have to hear it today. Four periods. There's still roughly about 25 seconds left of this. I mean, my God. <laughs> that was over and over and over and over again. Every time the Raptors went to the free throw line. And the Raptors went 18 of 36, 50% from the free throw line last night. And so what's happening now? ESPN has made it a story. D.R. DeRozan, that screaming nine years old last night, and the Raptors shoot 50% from the field, blow a 19-point lead. Their season is over. It's become, in true sports media form, Jeanette, a story now that those screams the entire night. I find it slightly inspirational. You know, maybe I should start yelling in support of you guys randomly. Oh, my God, no. No, don't do that. <laughs> what, like, ah! So, so. But for me, the math adds up. They blew a 19-point lead. They missed 18 free throws, and they won the game by four. So I think science shows 
that DR played a role last night. Well, I think it's important, and we're going to later on in the show True talk science. about kids <laughs> and sports. We're going to talk about kids and sports, and I think I'm going to have an unpopular take about this. Oh, and, God. And full disclosure, I have my six-year-old daughter because <laughs> Broward County Schools, where the, uh, the uh, Levicka – uh, the Lavica compound resides. Mm -hmm. um, Broward County schools are canceled today because of the crazy flooding. And again, Jeanette and I experienced it firsthand. And we'll tell you about it because there's a lot to tell. So my six-year-old has no school. Um, brought her to my sports profession today. Mm -hmm. And all I'm going to say is that she is going to be significantly less annoying than what we heard last night from DR DeRozan. For sure, I feel like I'm going to be the most annoying out of us four here. I'm already forcing her to go on the carousel with yeah, me. Yeah, right, right, right. Stone and I are going to get some airbrush tattoos later. <laughs> yes. I'm going to start yelling in support uh -huh. randomly. Uh -huh. Like, go get your tattoo, Stone. I'm going to be yelling in the background. It's well, going to be great. We'll put it this way. I'm not surprised that Jeanette is in full support of nine-year-old D.R. DeRozan. And I want to make sure <laughs> that I'm not going to rip on nine-year-old D.R. DeRozan. I'm not that curmudgeon -y. What I'm going to say is that... Uh, there is a certain line between kids and pro sports that maybe shouldn't be crossed, and I think we probably reached that. I'll explain. I'll explain. That's for later on because I want to get to this ridiculousness last night in Major League Baseball, okay? So let me bring you, let me bring you to a random game between the Oakland A's and the Baltimore Orioles. Let me ask you, Stone, have you ever watched a game in your life between Oakland and and Baltimore. Uh, no, between the two teams, no, I have not. Yeah, uh, because this man, Jeanette, you know is a degenerate. He'll put money on random, random over-unders, random run totals. He'll tune into random baseball games during the summer. In but he full. just confirmed he has never seen an A's against Orioles baseball game. Which is weird. Like, if there's one social media feed I do not want to be a part of it would be Stones because yeah, his of all the weird things yeah. that yeah, he sees. In full disclosure, I've watched three Oakland A's games in their entirety this season already and we're only 12 <laughs> games in but what it wasn't, weirdo. But it wasn't between the Baltimore Orioles and the Oakland A's. Okay. It was the Tampa Bay Rays right. against the Oakland A's. Right, and at least Tampa makes sense because they're undefeated. They beat the hell out of everybody. Like, they're actually really, yeah. really good. Um, if, you, if there were two teams that we pulled down here that people think about least in Major League <laughs> Baseball, I think the A's and the Orioles probably would be two of the top five answers to that. There's right? no doubt. So this is from the Associated Press, and this is where one of the most obscure rules I've ever heard comes from. Chad Smith's first Major League win came courtesy of a rarely applied official scoring rule. It was an unusual twist at the end of a long day for the Oakland reliever. Smith pitched the final two innings of the A's 8-4 victory over Baltimore Wednesday night, holding the Orioles scoreless and allowing only one hit. He entered in the bottom of the eighth after the A's had scored three runs in the top of the inning to take a 7-4 advantage. That meant that reliever Yuris Familia, who pitched the bottom of the seventh and was in the game when Oakland took the lead for good, could have been the pitcher of record, which is what happens almost 100% of the time. But the official scorer chose not to give Familia the win because he was deemed to have had a short, ineffective outing, according to the official scorer. This is Major League Baseball Rule 9.17, and I'll read to you verbatim. 
The official scorer shall not credit as the winning pitcher or relief pitcher who is ineffective in a brief appearance when at least one succeeding relief pitcher pitches effectively in helping his team maintain its lead. In such a case, the official scorer shall credit as the winning pitcher the succeeding relief pitcher who is most effective in the judgment of the official scorer. By the way, Familia came on with one out in the seventh, the man on first in Oakland up 4-2 to two after a passed ball. Pinch hitter Cedric Mullins rolled an RBI single to right, and after a ground out move Mullins to second, Adley Ruchman, never heard of him, hit an RBI single to tie the score. Familia retired Ryan Mountcastle, never heard of him, on a grounder to end the inning. So the official scorer basically went out of his way to say, hey, Yuri's Familia, you were terrible, and I'm going to give what's rightfully yours the win to the guy you came in the game after you. That almost feels like that rule that I've never heard of before exists purely to be petty and give the official score a god complex. Spiteful. I mean, it's, a, a spiteful. it's a very spiteful move where if you don't like this person, that gives that official scorer the power to just leave a huge stat out. I mean, I can't that believe that stupid. exists. The official score, it literally, the, what I read was verbatim. The official score should out credit as the winning pitcher or relief pitcher who is ineffective in a brief appearance. Ineffective. But then it goes on when at least one succeeding relief, even in the rule, it's disrespectful. It sounds like that official score has that rule, like, printed out <laughs> and highlighted in, in his book. Just in case, for that reason. Does it not come from... A plus-minus perspective, I know, and I actually don't know if it exists in the sport of baseball, but for that judge to be like, hey, he didn't contribute to the win of this baseball game. Like, his plus-minus was minus. Like, no, you don't get it. Like, I, I'm somewhat trying to play no, devil's advocate. I think it's just a God complex. I think it's just <laughs> baseball saying, hey, official score, feel like you've contributed to the game. Here you go. Here's rule 9.17. I have never, ever, ever heard of that in my life. Now, uh, Audible Assassin, let me, let, let me just, just from a pure baseball standpoint, yeah. okay? If you're Yuri's Familia and you are screwed out of this win, now again, 99% of the time, the pitcher, whether it's rightful or not, that's in the game, when their team takes the lead, they get the win. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself is silly as well. Couldn't you just eliminate the win category for a pitcher in that I've, spot? I've never understood it. Uh, instead of giving the win to a pitcher. Like, why do we need a pitcher win for relief pitchers when it is so obvious that they really didn't contribute mm -hmm. to anything? But but um, Audible Assassin... It, when we, when we look at what Yuri's Familia did, he came on with one out in the seventh, a man on first, and his team up four to two. A pass ball, that's not on the pitcher. That is an error on the catcher, okay? So that's not on Yuri's Familia. Cedric Mullins rolled, so he got the hitter to hit it on the ground, an RBI single to right. Then he registered a ground out, and then Adley Rutschman hit an RBI single to tie the score. And then he retired Ryan Mountcastle. Like, was it the best outing? No. Was it a devastating outing? No. I feel like this whole thing is a little bit extreme for the unfortunate Yuri's Familia, Christian. Well, yeah, Jeanette actually has it 100% correct. This rules official perused the rule book in the offseason and found that little nugget and said, oh, I cannot Sometime wait this year to I'm use using it. it. Uh, yeah. The first chance he got, yep. if it even remotely came to that, he 
unleash. Mm-hmm. He fired away, and he let the baseball world, how smart I am, I put the game in my hands. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Huge That's power call. right. A huge power move. It seems like That's malpractice. It. A thousand percent. Yeah. That's a very great analogy. If I'm Uris, taking him to court. <laughs> taking him to, yeah. to baseball court. Yes. Um, huge settlement. But it speaks to rules that confuse you in sports. It confuses me that this exists when it would be easier to just say, hey, we determined that the relief pitcher didn't really contribute to the outcome of this game, and so you know what? There's just not going to be a winning pitcher in this contest. You can give a save, but you know what? There doesn't need to be a winning pitcher. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't cause you to lose sleep. It doesn't affect the history books, the record books. It doesn't matter. What does confuse me though in sports outside of baseball is the rule that allows nfl officials to spot a football just by eyeing it (laughs) how do they know where the nose of a football goes in a ball carrier carrying the ball under his arm under his forearm tucked into his chest he goes to the ground how in the world does an nfl official know exactly where to put the nose of the football with an oblong ball chances are it is hitting the ground sideways so you don't even really know to the exact inch where that ball should be spotted the nfl has allowed itself to just say hey you know what place it and estimate and that determines first downs that determines games that determines contract incentives it could determine championships that's a rule that has always confused me why doesn't the nfl allow technology to tell us where a ball should be placed on the field why are we allowing 50 somethings to just use their eyes so they do use technology can there are spotters in the booth up top and if it was way off they come down on the mic and say hey steve why don't we back that up a sec and he shovels it it back and all of a sudden, we're all fine and dandy. And that's I think not every play, Stone. It, it's, that's that, not. That, that's, the, that's the point, though. Like, it's not every play. Why would you try to change something or make it to the exact every single play? All it takes is a chip. All it takes is a chip <laughs> in a football. Yes, and like going back to which, what the word you? that you said. It was, if it's far enough. No, it should never get to that point. Right. That ball should be checked every time. And we I like that n- it's someone 90 feet in the air who's double-checking the work of the old man with all these bodies Bill's a Steve. Him. Bill's up there it's looking like, hey, yo, Steve. <laughs> hey, Steve. And then Stevie's going back up to Bill and be like, are your eyes okay, my guy? You're <laughs> five years older than me. First of all, it's my dream job, okay, to be a spotter because they sit there oh, and yeah. they have binoculars right. and they just walkie-talkie. <laughs> Steve, we're backing that up a yard. And Steve backs that up a yard, and it's their job to be ten four, ten four. Yes. Steve, we're going to check that for helmet-to-helmet contact. We're going to check that for targeting. And that's all they do. But it doesn't really affect it to the percentage that I think you think it does. Yeah, you know what? Fine. Let's, let's, um, let's broaden this discussion. Forget Can't just over. the day-to-day. Ten four, ten four. Uh, that's Where actually where ten four, like ten four, is typically for for police officers and for emergency personnel. That's the end of their message. Ten four actually came from these officials. Uh, it's uh, four yards of uh, ten yards for a first down. Ten four, ten four, ten four. Um, so, fine. Forget forget the the actual placement of the ball play by play. How do we not have a laser guided system at the goal line to determine if a ball crossed the plane? Fine. Let's just go that route. How? Why? It is so confusing to me that from a rule standpoint, and in every other sport, by the way, a puck needs to get 
across the goal line in full for a goal. In soccer, the, the ball needs to get fully across the goal line for a goal. Um, uh, when it comes to baseball, the ball has to be fully inside the foul line to be a fair ball in the corners. But in football, the tiny little nose of the ball, all it has to do, one little tiny sliver crosses the front end of the goal line, which is technically not even the end zone, and that is a touchdown. That confuses me. How is every other sport, the ball, or the plain thing, the puck, the puck has to be over the line completely, but in the NFL, boop, touchdown. In, in you. That's the official. That's the official sound, by the <laughs> way, mm-hmm. of the nose of the ball mm-hmm. crossing the plane. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the way Steve hears it every time. <laughs> Steve and Bill, ten four. And, and <laughs> Did you hear the beep? Yep. Okay. <laughs> in the, I do think you have a super strong argument because it hasn't been fixed. Like it happens every single Sunday, where there's one goal line controversial play. Did it cross the plane? Did it not cross the plane? But I think if I were an NFL official. The argument to you would be, yes, sir, and that is why we implemented the pylon cam. We oh, use, such formality. Yeah, we use the pylon cam to determine if we can see the boop or not. <laughs> that, that, that is what we do. But just put a damn chip in it. It's and very a laser-guided system. It's a very simple thing that they can do. But no, like you said, we're relying on really? Bill, Bob, and Steve over out putting here. Dad, boop, boop. Putting a Boop. chip in a football Did is a very... Did you take your nap, Steve, today? Yep. Okay, we're good to go. <laughs> Are you probably rusty 10-4? <laughs> I'm Country seriously... fried steak in the I, media. I want you to answer this seriously. Do you think putting a chip inside of a football is a simple process? Probably not, but I'm sure the NFL can afford it. There already I mean, is one in the football, by the way. They've got the technology. What? They, For what? They just unleashed that information, Ravens, Bengals, uh, last playoffs, because when Tyler Huntley was, what, three feet away from yeah. taking the lead, but instead he fumbled it, returned for a touchdown, they released in PR that he was a foot and a half away from the then goal Then how line. come that they didn't a- use it in the actual game? Because it would have uh, it it caused a lot less controversy for Ravens fans who thought he actually got it across. Use that in the game. So that's the next-gen stats. Right, great. <laughs> I'm glad we get the next-gen stats and that chip's not used to actually determine who the winner is going to be in a game. That is the most NFL thing, though. We have this technology already s- instilled and, and, to be able to use. Let's not use and it. And, Jet, think about it. And Stone, <laughs> especially, you're a tennis guy. You love tennis. I love the Hawkeye. If, if, it, it, when, you're, when you're serving in tennis, they have the Hawkeye technology. Yep. And it is such now a part of the game on a serve where people sit in the stands and clap for it. When they're going to use it to determine if a, ser- uh, uh, yeah. a serve is in or out or a shot down the baseline is in or out. They clap for it, and it's animated, and it's perfect. And people say, let's go. Yeah, you build the let's suspense. Go. And, then, and then it and gets faster yeah, and faster and, then, and, and faster. and then they have this animated shadow that shows up where the ball hits and where the shadow, the shadow, where this animated shadow lands on the animated I've court with this Hawkeye technology can determine a major champion or not. So, or what, champion. so what you want implemented in the NFL, which I can get behind, is, is, called, is called a key contact point. It's what they use in oh, tennis. Jesus. It's what they use in tennis. Stone it's, is teaching us yeah, things. It's where the, the, the nucleus or the center of that tennis ball touches that therefore creates the shadow. You're looking for that in football. I can get behind that. I, I can get behind a I football mean, Hawkeye. You watch soccer, Jeanette. World Cup, Champions League. They use the goal line technology to see if a ball completely crossed the goal mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. All of these sports have it. The billion-dollar NFL. Oh, we have a chip in the ball, but we're just going to use it for next-gen stats. We're going to use Steve. Steve's more reliable than this. Uh, Steve, Steve, uh, <laughs> could you uh, could you take a glance at that? You're 90 feet in the air. Take a glance. Boop, boop. 
I didn't point. hear the boop. I don't know if yeah, we, uh, we have to uh, re we, re replay uh, this. Replay guys, it. we didn't have a boop. There was no boop. No boop. Bill no wrote it back. Down. Thank you, 10-4. So, so what is the most confusing rule in sports to you? We saw something crazy in baseball last night where the official scorer in that A's-Orioles game just said, ah, that guy was trash, so I'm going to give the win to another pitcher. <laughs> didn't know that was possible. Uh, and, and for me... Why don't we use any, why are we using old men eyes to determine where a football is on a play-by-play -play basis, but especially at the goal line? Why is that a thing? That's a confusing, confusing rule to me. Uh, what's a confusing rule in sports to you? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Let's go to the phones. Jeff is in Port St. Lucie. What's up, Jeff? How you doing, Ken? Good, buddy. Great to hear from you. Good to hear from you, uh, you guys again. Uh, I got to tell you something. I okay. know you're talking about this segment, but I was listening to you about the kids in sports. And as a 14-year-old, we had season tickets to the Knicks when they had their championship run in 69-70. Yeah. And I know I'm a lot older than you. So sitting in the front row, I don't know if we had seats in the first row right under the basket. I don't know if you know what Will Chamberlain's real name was, but it was Norman. And you know he was a terrible free throw shooter. <laughs> yes. So I, I literally had Dancing Harry sitting right next to me. I don't know if it was him. Uh -huh. and, I was, and, and I would do this. And I'm not going to do it as long or as loud, but you can understand. I was the yeah. best bench jockey guy ever. I'd go, no, man. Well, he walked up to the apron of, the, uh, of, the, of my seat, and there was a timeout. And he said to me, look here, man. You better shut up, you MF. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Another time I had Happy Harrison at <laughs> the free throw line. So Happy's bouncing the ball. He's about to shoot free throws. I tell him, yo, Harold, if you were as good at free throws as you were as chasing women at the candy store in L.A., you'd be a great free throw shooter. He dropped the ball and proceeded to give me the middle finger. So I take pride mm -hmm. in being the most annoying wow. bench jockey kid ever. But and that's so, what I got to say. Jeff, what I'll say is you did that. You did that so much more creatively than just screaming at the top of your lungs, though. And so sure. there's a nuance to this discussion, which we will get into. Oh, yeah. how, how old were you, Jeff, by the way, when you're bringing up, uh, bringing up uh, NBA players who are, uh, are, are skirt chasing? How old were you when that was? I was, uh, I was 15 and 14 <laughs> and 15 was okay. the year because it was 1970. I thought you were going to say seven. No, no, no. I probably did other annoying things. Now, but I take pride in what I did at 15, you know, and, and you guys do a great job. And I will have to uh, tell you one thing, and your, your producer will get mad. But listen, you've got to know who Brian Mountcastle is. He had nine RBIs the other night, you know, and Adley Rushman is one of the premier new catchers in the American League. But that being said, Ken, I love you, so I don't hold it against you. <laughs> You're a very I will. A very smart, diverse man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smart, no, diverse no, man. Jeff, Jeff uh, Christian already cooked me on text about me uh, dropping the uh, – never heard of him with Adley Rushman especially. So don't worry. <laughs> I have been properly scolded here. Uh, 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 <laughs> appreciate the call, Jeff. Appreciate you, man. How about that? A 15-year-old Jeff in Port St. Lucie uh, getting threatened by, by – Wilt Chamberlain. I would feel like I would applaud like that. Put that on the but resume. You know, it's, like it's, that. It's that's so much cool. more creative than. No, for sure. You did your research. You found the pain point, and then you like executed it perfectly to the point where you got the reaction you probably wanted. Right. God forbid.
nine-year-old DR. And again, doesn't know the Toronto or the Chicago Bulls or Toronto Raptor players' names. But no, 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 no. But what I'm saying, at least one. What I'm she's saying, she's nine. No, 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 no. And you can't, you couldn't speak or talk she when has, you were nine. She she's has, in school. She has school today. I, it's a nuanced conversation because again, I'm fully supporting her being a fan. If you want to go and scream at the game, you're more than welcome to. Especially a nine-year-old. She's a kid. She's having fun, and she's helping dad, or thinks she's helping dad. That's fine. <laughs> but me, as someone who lives with a six-year-old girl and a five-year-old girl, I think it's just me being broken down. I, I'm broken because the screaming, the blood-curdling screaming, I can't take that. I had a visceral reaction hearing that, and I think what drives me most crazy is, fine, it happened, but then ESPN, Mark Jones and company, and the production crew deciding, hey, let's glorify this. Let's turn it into a story, a girl screaming during free throws. That's what's annoying. Because it's going to lead to more screamy behavior, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to be even more annoyed. It's sort of like the athletes bringing their kid to the podium in the post-game press conference. Oh, yeah. Your kid doesn't need to be there. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah. No, because I love is, that. If they think someone's going to be critical of them, then you bring the kid shield. And that's a huge problem because you know media's not going to ask a tough question when <laughs> three-year-old Billy's sitting on so-and-so's lap. Why does your guys' minds even go there? When I say you guys, I'm talking to you, Ken, and Christian back in the studio. Why does your mind even go there? Why can't you just let it live or let that poor no. child? Sports is a business, damn yes. it. Ken. Sports is also not a Christian, business, we're on the Christian, we're absolutely on the I'm same page here. I'm with Stone. Stone and I never agree on stuff, <laughs> but I am, I'm with Stone yeah, but, on but, this but, one. But, 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 Christian, I've got my six-year-old here because, again, school got canceled in Broward, and she asked me before the show, Papa, can I sit on your lap? The answer to that's no. Daddy's <laughs> got to make a paycheck. Papa's <laughs> going to make a paycheck and be locked in. Now, Love Ken, you, baby. But, no, no, no lap sitting right now. She understands. She's smiling right now, I think. <laughs> Um, uh, now, it helps that she has a carousel behind her, and so I'm not getting bothered Very by that right now. Um, but but this, is a, this is a business, Christian. Yes. This ain't no time for toddler talk. Now, Ken, I know you have some love in your heart for the Bulls of the Chicago win, right? But on this other side of your brain, you better hope the Bulls don't go far because this is going to be Riley Curry 2.0 where you're going to uh, see specials yeah. before the game. Right. I don't care. Right. I don't care about the girl who screams behind the hoop. No. I don't care about Riley Curry being cute or whatever at the press conference. Right. I and don't I'm, give a and F. I'm sure DeMar DeRozan's daughter is a beautiful, beautiful, sweet girl. No, don't take it I'm back. No, no, no. I'm not no, disputing don't that. Don't go there. I'm not disputing that. Hold him that. accountable. Yeah, can't no, play, no, no, no. Can't hold him accountable, What I'm saying that she should not be a part of the story mm -hmm. of Bulls Raptors and wouldn't be. We would just be like, hey, there was a person screaming over the mic last night on ESPN. Instead, ESPN, what they did, oh, oh, exalt her for screaming during free throws. That has no room in my sports world. I think it's the most exciting part about that game, <laughs> well, that's honestly. That's the it might actually be. That's actually <laughs> See, a legitimate point. Like, wow, look, look, look what we're talking about. Do you think we would have talked about this matchup if it weren't for somebody yelling in the background, a nine-year-old yelling in the background? And I think that's what it comes down to because it is the Chicago Bulls <laughs> and the 90 Toronto Raptors. Well, I think it's, it's the play-in. It's a product of the play-in. Sure. Nobody's into the play-in. There's nobody who woke up this morning saying, God, that was the best play-in game I've ever seen. Well, I did with the Los Angeles Lakers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, because you're a nerd. You're a dorky nerd. <laughs> but, but, Stone, you are the exception of that role. <laughs> but to your point, though, as you far as... the play-in dates on his calendar. <laughs> for sure. Oh, oh I can't wait. Oh, play-in oh. uh, play Thursday. I mean, what are we going to eat for this? Yeah, let's get the wings ready, my <laughs> traditional play-in wings. I did Garlic actually. Parm, it's yes, a Thursday. I did actually <laughs> chicken wings and watched the Los I'm Angeles sure Lakers play did. basketball. But seriously, to your point about... <laughs> 
it being a business and not allowing the children to be in the podium. It's also not a business, and it's also very person, personnel, family, team-oriented thing where all of these people spend so much time away from their families that this is a joy, that you're checking that box for your, your wife and your other children that they need to experience this just as much as you do. I'm not do. saying she shouldn't be at the game. I'm saying we're glorifying her screaming. But, screaming but, during free throws. Who cares? But you know this firsthand, though. If that daughter... That son doesn't get a chance to go on that podium. Sometimes you're just hopping on that bus, heading back to the hotel, and then hopping on that jet, flying back to your hometown. You don't get a chance to really hang out, they touch, hold. They don't need hold. to be up there while you are, are doing a part of your job. They don't need to be up there. <laughs> they don't. They, they don't. I think it's evil. No, it's an, it's I an think, evil take. No, because, uh, and for example, when I was I still in Chicago. I agree with him at all. When I was still in Chicago, Dusty Baker, when things started going south in his tenure with the Cubs, what, did he, what would he do <laughs> after a tough loss? He'd bring up his kid. I think his kid's name is Darren, and Darren's much older now. But Darren will be <laughs> sitting on his lap while someone from the Chicago Sun-Times is trying to ask him, hey, this is the fifth straight game. You made a terrible bullpen decision. Uh, what happened there? But he's got Darren up there, so Darren's grabbing the mic and doing cute things. And so <laughs> Dusty Baker is using him as a human shield. That's not what kids are for, to use them as a shield in your job. They're but not. but sometimes they aren't. Like I don't think it, it comes off as a shield. If I swear. it's a special moment, and sometimes those kids get flat too. They ain't safe. No, what well, here? For like example, I don't think like they go. Sometimes they go after both. For example, if I drop the F word on this show, okay, I'm in severe trouble with the FCC and by extension ESPN West Palm. If I drop the F word on this show, I can't immediately go, oh, Eddie, oh, I love you. Hey, why don't you talk into the mic and say something cute? <laughs> That's not gonna go over. It doesn't change the fact that I screwed up in a massive way. Dusty Baker tried to do that. Uh, Steph Curry using his daughter tried to do that. That has no. These kids have no business in that realm of sports. And so again, glorifying a nine-year-old girl for screaming at the top of her lunch, good, you helped dad. That's awesome. She was a great fan. But let's not make a 30 for 30 on it like it feels like ESPN's <laughs> about to do. Ken Levick alive from the Barrett-Jackson car auction. Tickets available, barrett-jackson.com. Children 12 and under free today and Friday. Children five and under free on Saturday. Discounts for students, seniors, military, and first responders. And still time to register to bid as well here at Barrett-Jackson. We're at the South Florida Fairgrounds on this Thursday with Ken Levicka live. Let me tell you about Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. What is the most confusing rule in sports to you? We saw one in baseball I had no idea existed last night. And... Why in the NFL do we not have a chip in the football determinant of a ball across the plane? And why in football, why is it the only sport where the ball or the object it does not have to fully get across the line to be counted as the ultimate score in that game? That confuses me. Also, also, kids in sports, should there be a line 
where kids aren't allowed when it comes to pro big boy sports. Am I wrong on this? Because I feel like I'm fighting a big battle here with Stone and Jeanette, and I am by my lonesome. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us, at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominic Queen, and she's about to go on a toddler carousel with my daughter because, well, that's... That's what's happening. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Ladies and gentlemen, let's put our hands together for the scholarship. ESPN 106.3 is on the move. Delivered by Brightline. Brightline is back and better than ever. Live life on the bright side. Barrett Jackson, 20 years in Palm Beach, and it is a glorious Thursday. I mean, we have had rain, rain, rain. It's been a three-day tropical storm, and here to kick off, Barrett Jackson here at the South Florida Fairgrounds. It's perfect. Gates opened at 8. People are rolling through every single day. Today, Friday, Saturday, it goes through 6 p.m. at the South Florida Fairgrounds. There's time to register to bid here at Barrett Jackson. Ticketed guests can enjoy the hot laps, the thrill rides for free. They're going to ride shotgun alongside pro drivers from Chevrolet, Ford, Dodge, Toyota on the Barrett Jackson performance track. I saw that driving in. Pretty, pretty hot stuff. Barrett Jackson here at the South Florida Fairgrounds. It is back for year number 20 here in Palm Beach. And this really happened. I'm not joking. This happened in the commercial break. There is a carousel. There's a carousel behind us here at the South Florida Fairgrounds. It's a bit small, a bit small. Um, but my six-year-old daughter, she is off of school today. School's canceled in Broward County because all the flooding. So that's why she's out here with me today. Jeanette was like, hey, Addie. Let's go on the carousel. Addie said, okay. Addie picked out a horse for Jeanette and everything on this carousel. I'm not joking. The carousel started. It made about an eighth of a turn, about two and a half seconds, and then an alarm started to go off. Boop, 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 boop. And Jeanette stalled the entire thing. I did. And then, and it's funny, it's great because when I got off, uh, the gentleman who was there, who was super nice, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, yeah, this has a max capacity of 100 pounds. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, yeah, I lift that. That's my warm-up uh-huh. weight right, right. For, for working out. So here's what happened is this man knew it was going to be outstanding comedy. He didn't say anything before you got on the carousel. He knew exactly what was going to happen and he let it happen for comedic purposes, sir. Bless you. Thank you. Yeah, one of my favorite. You, you have the video. Like, you, I'm writing this carousel, and there's, like, this awning on top of it. I don't yeah. know. My, You don't even see my head right, right. in the quarter inch that it moved. It's almost it's almost circus-ish the way it came <laughs> off. So that video will be posted uh, on Twitter at KLV1063. Jeanette with my daughter on a carousel breaking the carousel. Again, that video will be posted to Twitter at KLV1063. Uh, we've been talking confusing rules in sports. What's a rule that confuses you? Last night, uh, A's, Orioles, and I would never talk about the A's or the Orioles on a regular day here on Ken Levick Alive, but it presented one of the most confusing rules ever where an official scorer, I didn't know this was a thing, could just determine, hey, this relief pitcher wasn't effective enough, so he's not going to get the win despite what the rule book says, I'm just going to give it to a guy who I thought was more effective. It's the most petty rule, the most Napoleon complex rule I've ever seen in any sport. But it's led us down this discussion of confusing rules. How come in the NFL it's the only sport where the object or the ball doesn't have to fully cross a line for a score? And why do we rely on old man eyes or old woman eyes to determine 
where the ball is. Why don't we use technology like they do in tennis, like they do in the NHL, like they do in soccer? How come there isn't a chip on, in the ball that's used to determine, oh, I don't know, things that could affect championships in the NFL? That's just me. Maybe I'm just thinking too outside the box here. John is in Jensen, and now he's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, John? How are we doing, guys? All right, so in the NHL and in hockey, you have a blue line for offsides, right? Right, right. In the, in, in the NFL, you have a line of scrimmage that determines offsides. Right. Someone needs to explain to me how, in the world's most popular sport, <laughs> soccer, uh-huh. the defense determines if the <laughs> offense is offside. You Can took mine. Please. Yep. Now, that is a great point. And, yes, in, a, in, Ameri- in, in a sports that were invented in America, uh, or North America, I should say, when it comes to hockey, uh, yes, lines on the field determine what's offsides, what's not. When it comes to soccer, you need two players between the ball and the person who delivers the ball last in order to be onside in soccer. And, yes, it's confusing. And, yes, it is anti-everything that we previously knew about sports when it comes to offsides or what's onside and what's offside. That's a great call. Maybe it's because a soccer field is so much larger than even an NFL field, certainly NHL ice. I'm just trying to throw things out there, Jeanette. I like if you guys can't obviously see me, but I nearly just broke my neck giving Ken a <laughs> look with that explanation. That is the weirdest explanation or defense of soccer you've ever given. It's the only defense I could possibly have here. It's defenseless, the situation. Offside was going to be, I have two answers, but offside was number one. That's the first thing I said, and I was like, I love this game, obviously on the huge stage like the World Cup. Right, right. But every time there's like an offsides call, and I'm like, this offsides call well, didn't match the previously one. Someone explain it to and, me. And including there was a big old center stripe on a soccer field, and then there's an entire 18-yard box on either side of the field in front of the goals. None of those are really used to determine offside or onside at all. Mm-hmm. At all. You're right. It's determined. Oh, yeah. it- it is silly. It, it's determined by where the defense lines up, and you have to adjust to that as the offensive, as the attacking player. Yeah, what are confusing me. rules in sports? What are confusing rules in sports to you? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We'll keep taking our calls, but we're pumped to be joined by Rodney Scares. He's the director of public relations at Barrett-Jackson. Rodney, thank you so much for coming to hang out. And before we talk about Barrett-Jackson, before we talk about all the cars and everything that they're is to do out here we were talking before the show and you were asking us about the heat and uh and hey how did how did the other night feel well the answer to that rodney is bad yeah it it felt real bad and i almost feel like uh i want the heat season to end tomorrow at the hands of the bulls just to be done done with it you're a suns fan though right that's right sir yes sir Um, i uh live in scottsdale arizona used to work for the phoenix suns so i follow them very closely uh so so I'm sure you have high expectations. I mean, you've got a Kevin Durant now, maybe. Yeah, it's champs, championship or bust. Uh, how did you feel, though, when Kevin Durant, before he played a home game uh, in warm-ups, uh, almost uh, tore his entire knee up? Can't make it up. <laughs> and, and it was, I, uh, I wasn't at the game. I felt so bad for the fans that were there. They watched him warm up. All the kids were down there pumped, and they had all the Kevin Durant T-shirts around the whole lower bowl, and then, boom, he's not playing. Yeah, it was uh, – it was – well, it looks like it's going to work out. Looks like he's going to be ready to go. Uh, how about this? I mean, I got to think over the last couple of days, the rain and the rain and the rain, and you're thinking to yourself, 
Oh, man. Uh, well, how is this going to happen here with Barrett-Jackson and the South Florida Fairgrounds? And sure enough, here we go. There might be occasional rain over the next three days. Nothing like we've seen, though. You can't ask for anything better right now. No, it's great. And, you know, this is such an incredible location for us. We've been coming here for 20 years now. It's our second longest running auction uh, behind our Scottsdale one that we've been at. We just celebrated our 50th anniversary there last Congrats. year. That's our home one. Uh, but, you know, we've got car 600 plus cars under 200,000 square feet of coverage here whether indoors or under tents so um, we're rain or shine we're here we're gonna we're gonna sell those cars they're all gonna cross the block they're all gonna sell it's gonna be a great time we're just inside uh, gate eight and we're right across the way from Expo Way here at the South Florida Fairgrounds and our teammate Jeff walks into Expo Way and it's Thursday it is not even one o'clock in the afternoon, and it is jammed in there. There's such a passion for this here. Yes, sir. You know, this, the the collector car community in South Florida is incredible, um, and, and we have people travel from all over the United States, Canada, and especially at this auction, we have a lot of people from overseas come in as well. So, it's uh, it's an incredible event. We uh, we're really appreciative of the community down here. Um, they've supported us for two decades now, and um, and everything just everything's awesome here. It's it's. I grew up on the East Coast, so this is my favorite auction to come sure. to. Sure. Um, you know, the humidity doesn't scare me away. I like to go on the runs here. So, yeah. Know, I was going to say, there's a lot of upside here. Yeah. So, this is my first time working Barrett Jackson. I've been here as a fan multiple times with a couple car collectors as well. I don't collect cars, but what goes into making this event fun for the casual? car fan That's like a me great question because i'm yeah. i am not a car guy in any way shape or form yeah, yeah. you know we're we're uh, just not just an auction it's an automotive lifestyle event mm -hmm. a family friendly event and we really have something for everybody so you were just talking about the expo area i mean that looks like an auto show that you might see in miami or la or, or detroit or new york i mean you've got the newest cars from american auto oems toyota mm -hmm. Uh, you got some aftermarket stuff, and then we've got dozens of exhibitors. Right across the way, we got the new Lucid Airs, which those are incredible. My wife just bought a Tesla. Um, those Lucids, they're, I mean, they're like a Rolls-Royce on yeah. an, electric, an electric vehicle. They're beautiful. So, um, and then, you know, you mentioned it, the thrill rides. Um, anybody that's uh, here, it's a free experience. Ride shotgun with a professional driver. Um, it's it's a fun time. And then uh, the the EV stuff, that's all new. We, we rolled that out at our Scottsdale auction in January. You can get behind the wheel of one of these and take it out on the road. They'll, uh, they'll show you a good time and let you experience it. What is awesome about this is, yes, it's the modern cars. It is the, the latest technology and the cool, even the Teslas, they look space age. Uh, but then it's also, it's, it's automobiles that from the 50s the 60s the 70s uh you've got the retro you've got the modern you've got the new there's something for everybody and to, to speak to what Jeanette was talking about my six-year-old went into expo way she doesn't I mean she doesn't pay attention to cars but immediately papa can I take a picture in front of this car posing in front of those beautiful cars in there so so she's already like she knows what's good now like yeah. she saw that it's all class no yeah it's it's a lot of fun here and you mentioned it just the cars that are selling we have incredible diversity we've got and if you like classics, we've got some chords from the 30s. We've got uh, resto mods and all original cars from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way up to we've got uh, 2024 GT Heritage Edition that will break a million dollars on Saturday. So Man. we've got really a little bit of everything, not just cars, SUVs, trucks. I'll tell you, the custom truck market, uh, C10s, F100s, Broncos, Blazers, those are some of the hottest segments of the market right yeah. now. You'll see some of those Broncos sell for $200,000, $400,000 this weekend. Oh, my God. Uh, let's get to the auction uh, real quick. Rodney Scaris, Director of Public Relations, Barrett Jackson. So those auctions, and you mentioned some of the, the prices that, that 
you're going to see on that auction block. Um, what what are we talking about here? What is up for, for auction? When people want to maybe put in bids, how can they do that? Because there's still time, right? Yeah, absolutely. So our auction office actually just to the left of us here. Um, it's right over here on the fairgrounds. If you want to register to bid, you can come and visit our auction office. They'll uh, they'll talk to you about what you need to do, bank letter or or um, or I don't know exactly the, the process sure, that sure. they go in, but those are the financial experts in there. They'll, uh, they'll get you registered to bid, get you a bidder badge, talk to you through the whole process. But also, if, you, if you're somebody listening from uh, away or if you're here locally and you can't get here, you can, re you can register to bid and bid online. You can bid over the phone. We have, we have phone bidders from all over the world mm -hmm. that, uh, that come in and, and buy these cars. So super accessible. Um, still register to bid all the way up through the last car that crosses that auction block. Barrett. Barrett-Jackson.com, Barrett-Jackson.com. If you want to get in, you want to watch online, you want to uh, see if you can get a bid in on the auction. Also, that's where tickets are available. Children at 12 and under free today and Friday. Children 5 and under free on Saturday. Discounts for students, seniors, military, first responders. And again, there's obviously the vendors out here. There's food all over the place. The there's a ton of space. There's the carousel that, again, uh, Jeanette shut down momentarily uh, just, uh, just moments ago. How much has this grown over the last several years? I mean, I've been down here since 2007, so Barrett Jackson and its presence here in Palm Beach predates me, but I've come out here uh, off and on over the last 16, 17 years, and it just feels like it gets so much bigger every year. Is it is it difficult to fully express just how large this has become? Yeah, you know, we're one of those events that I think you really have to be here to see it to understand the size and scope of it. It's... Uh, it's incredible. You know, we're over 600 cars. We were over 600 cars last year, but yeah, it's grown over the years. I mean, this is this is our second largest auction. In Scottsdale this past year, we sold over 1,800 cars, but that's a nine-day deal. Sure, know, so we're here sure. for three days. This is wow. we'll sell 200 cars each day. Um, I mean, and those cars sell every two minutes on the auction block, and it's it is uh, it's an action-packed event. You gotta you gotta come out here and take it in. Uh, so, Jeanette, you said that that one of your your objectives coming out here to Barrett Jackson was uh, you're looking for you're looking for some cars addies you're looking for someone with some money looking for someone that maybe you could uh, you could meet you're using it as that type of opportunity mm -hmm. uh, now, now Rondi there are people of all backgrounds of all financial brackets tax brackets uh, here at, at Barrett Jackson I feel like Jeanette probably if she looks hard enough can find can find what she's looking for yeah, you know, and, and again, though, we have something for everybody. So today on Thursday, you know, this is the, uh, this today, you, if you're an entry-level collector, today's the day to okay. be here. You know, we've got cars selling for tens of thousands of dollars. Tomorrow we'll get into the six figures, and Saturday we'll get into the seven figures. So really from a Saturday, Jeanette. Yes, Saturday, Saturday is where I need yeah. to be back. Yeah, okay. so that we... I mean, if you're somebody, maybe you grew up in the 70s and, and you know, you, your, your parents drove around in a, in a, in a, in a 1970, you know, Challenger or right. something like that. Right. You know, we get a lot of people who come in here, they don't, they don't own a collector car, but it's a nostalgic feeling for them. They're like, hey, I grew up riding in that car. Me personally, uh, my neighbor down the street used to take me to school in a, uh, in a first generation uh, Chevy Blazer. And I'm obsessed with those because of that, you know. So because it's just what you knew. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, so for me... Uh, I'm, I'm not a, a big car guy, full disclosure, and I certainly am I'm not putting bids on cars, but what I do love about Barrett-Jackson is just seeing everything. It is, it's truly 
like an auto show on steroids. There is just every single generation of automobile, and it's just so cool to look at. It's almost at times like an automobile museum here at Barrett-Jackson. So truly something for everybody. Barrett-Jackson.com. Barrett-Jackson.com. Children 12 and under free today and Friday, 5 and under free on Saturday. Make sure you find out the information. Barrett-Jackson.com. Get your bids in. Find out all the information you need here at the South Florida Fairgrounds. 600 vehicles on display, either indoors or under tents here at Barrett-Jackson. Over 600 collector cars, trucks, SUVs are crossing that auction block. You can't beat it. Goes through Saturday, 6 p.m. The doors open every day at 8 a.m. Rodney Scares. He is the Director of Public Relations for Barrett-Jackson. Thanks so much for coming by, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck to your heat. Appreciate you. <laughs> I, oh, please, I hope it ends tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> so we thank Rodney. We'll come back. And boy, do we have stories to tell because uh, Jeanette and I were in the center of what is now a one-in-a-millennium storm that hit Broward County last night. We were right in the middle of it, and we got to tell you about it because, well, it's unlike anything either of us have ever experienced. We'll continue to take your calls on confusing rule changes as well. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We are jammed on a Thursday. We're at Barrett-Jackson. She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominic Queen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.